mind off. Nothing's going to take my mind off her death, Bourne said, harshly. The director nodded. It's too soon, I understand completely. He looked around the harbor front. Well, you can hang around here for another month or as long as you like. Bourne scoured his words, looking for a hint of irony, but failed to find any. Apparently, the director meant what he said. Then he paused to consider his limited options. On the other hand, maybe you're right. Maybe an assignment is just what I need. And so he had met Aiden Mazar, had traveled in the same private Mossad jet with him and his contingent of bodyguards, had disembarked at the small private airfield exclusively reserved for La Concha d'Oro guests, which the Mexican Federales had kept in security lockdown for 48 hours prior to landing. Now, here he was, standing six feet away from the two exotic flowers and their bodyguards, scanning the area for trouble that surely would never come. The trouble was, he was back in Mexico, and though he was far from Mexico City, where Rebecca had been killed, his mind was still filled with the sight and scent of her death in the taxi's back seat, driving down apocalyptic streets. Perhaps the director hadn't anticipated Bourne's reaction to his swift return to Rebecca's land of death. Or possibly his suggestion had been deliberate. Getting back on the horse that threw you was often the best medicine. Not this time. Without his fully knowing it, Rebecca had pierced his Bourne armor, penetrating to the core of him. Her death throbbed like an internal wound that refused to heal. I have met other women like her, he thought. And then, inevitably, there's been no one like her. Such black thoughts were not typical of his psyche, which had been hardened in crucible after crucible until he had been quite certain that nothing could affect him for long or even at all. But Rebecca's death piled upon all the deaths of those others who had tried to get close to him, was a loss that threatened to suffocate him, plow him under the earth. And why not? His life had been little more than a living death from the moment he had been pulled from the black waters by Mediterranean fishermen and realized that he had lost his memory, his past, his life, up until the very moment when he had opened his eyes in unfamiliar surroundings. Aidan Mazar, coming out from beneath the gaily painted wooden overhang of the octagonal gazebo set overlooking the Pacific, reminded him that he was once more in unfamiliar surroundings. But this time, he felt lost. A sea captain who has forgotten his charts and had a steer by the stars. These people are to be pitied, Aidan said to him in a rumbling undertone. They either lack the will or are too corrupt to take on the cartels in any concerted manner. Either way, there's nothing more for me to do here. The government no longer controls Mexico, the cartels do. We'll be leaving this evening after dinner. Bourne nodded. Aiden turned away, then hesitated, and came back to Bourne, a wry smile playing across his lips. Are you bored yet? What makes you think I'm bored? Aiden grunted. 
I have read your face. Also, your file. Bourne was alarmed that the Mossad had a file on him, but he wasn't surprised. He only wondered how accurate it was. There's nothing for you to do, Aiden continued. But really, this isn't your thing, is it? Your infiltration and excision. That's what the director likes so much about you. I didn't know I was a current topic of conversation inside the Mossad. Aiden smiled kindly. You were close to Rebecca. That kind of thing didn't happen with her. Suddenly Bourne understood. And I'm the director's only living link with her. She was a special human being, as well as a remarkable agent. We miss her, but we'll never be able to replace her.